Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Here we are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center here on this Monday. Looking at the Suns game tonight, though, against the Dallas Mavericks and what the Suns just did over the weekend. Okay, look, lose to Houston on Friday. That's one of those games you're like, all right, Houston's Jalen Green looks pretty good. There's a reason he was number two overall pick in the draft last year. That's a game you expect the Suns to win on paper, except you're not going to go 82-0, and so you're going to have some of those games. Even with that loss, though, Wolf, the Suns are still 7-1 won in their last eight, partially because they bounced back in such an emphatic way yesterday in San Antonio against the Spurs, 133-95. to Mikel Bridges played, even though there was a little bit of question, I guess, after the game on Friday. Uh, he still has never missed a game, college or pro. DA had 25, and for the most part, the starters got the rest at the end of the game. Yeah, you know, I really love the way the Suns responded, because obviously on Friday night when they lost to the Rockets. Um, yeah, I just got this feeling that they weren't ready for the type of effort and desperation that the Houston Rockets were going to throw at them. It looked like they were they were ill-prepared for that. And I loved the way they responded against the Spurs. Would you say that the Spurs and the Rockets have bad records in the association? Yes, <laughs> yes they do, would. as a matter of fact. <laughs> Very similar in that regard to teams that are going to give you great effort but aren't very talented at this point in time. And I love to see the Suns respond in the second game. That mattered to me. I like the mentality this team has taken, and we've heard them say it before, of they don't like losing two in a row. Yeah. And, and look, nobody likes losing, right? But this this sort of, okay, we're going to not kick it into another gear, but like we're not losing two in a row, whatever that is. Okay, we lost last night. We're not losing again on Sunday. We're not we're not allowing that And to we happen. didn't play well when we played the Rockets, and a lot of that was them, too, and yeah. their efforts. Um, but 18 turnovers? They they were minus twenty two in points in the paint. I mean, look, the Rockets. D, okay, DeAndre Ayton. Let's just say it right now. Um, he was the living, breathing example of what human complacency looks like. That's not good. You don't want to be that. I'm just. You saying, don't want to be living, breathing I'm just complacency saying, against the Rockets. He was. He had what eight points of uh, six boards, and he turned the ball over five times in this game. In yep. thirty minutes, he played thirty minutes, and that and it looked even worse. Coming off some monster games too, he was on that stretch of what was that seven straight double doubles? Yeah, and, and some of those, like he was coming off a thirty and fourteen game against the Bulls. Yes. There was that twenty nine and twenty one against Utah in there, and then yeah, eight six with five turnovers. Yes, it just was not a factor. And look, if you get a normal DA you're game, you win that. that game. You're going to get that though from time to time. Mm-hmm. You are. You're going to get that. I understand it. It just seemed like that game of all games, the lowly. Houston Rockets. I mean, you've DA. I still believe this has got to train his mind, train his soul, so to speak, to understand when it's go time and what you've got to give. No matter who you're playing, it's not about them ever. It's always about you, my young drunk brothers. If you can always make it about you in regard to your effort and your preparedness and how you're going to go about your business. And you lay it on the line every game, no matter what game you're playing, guess what? 
You're always going to win, in my book. Always. Well, Mikael Bridges messed up his knee in the previous game and then went out there and was still a big factor in the win uh, yesterday with six threes. This is Monty Williams afterwards talking about Mikael's toughness. I mean, I'm sure it scared everybody to see him the way we did the other day and then um, you're bracing, you know, you don't know what kind of report you're going to get, but... um, what a blessing it was to be able to win like this and he didn't have to play heavy minutes tonight. That gives him more time to heal. Um, but, you know, I have to say he's he's a joy to coach, a joy to be around because he wants to play, he wants to compete, he never ducks an opportunity to defend the best player. Like, what else can you say? So when, when the soreness comes up or whatever comes up from an injury standpoint, I, I want to protect him as I do all the guys. But once I got the clearance that he was okay, it's like, all right, go, you know, because I know you want to be out there. This is one of the great things uh, I think about the game last night was just the fact that, again, you went out, you took care of business. You didn't have to play your starters out there knowing that you had the back-to-back tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. You know, just seeing Mikel injured for a minute against uh, Houston was... Everything kind of snaps into perspective, right? Of you know, they can play without Chris Paul. Now, can they win a title without Chris Paul in the playoffs? I don't know that they can. I mean, campaign's gonna have to take a lot of steps forward for that to, to happen. Although we've seen them play well in the playoffs before, uh, we've seen this team. What was their record last year? At one point, they were eighteen and three without DeAndre Ayton. Yes. Like, I'm not trying to minimize his impact, yes. but they could get by without yeah. him, right? I don't know how you get by without Mikael Bridges. Like he is, that's why the poll question earlier: if the Suns got a second All Star, who should it be? Okay, Devin Booker clearly is your guy. Yeah. If they didn't have Mikel Bridges, though, he does so many things. If if you told me, hey, the next ten games are not going to have Da, yeah, I'd right, probably going to go like seven and three. Ten games after that, they're not going to have Mikel. I don't know what their record would be, honestly. Yeah. Because he does everything. Yeah, well, here's the one thing about it. Um, all of his teammates, all of his coaches, everybody that's in the organization, can you count on Mikel Bridges to be ready, to be a pro, to be prepared, to give what he's got? Can you ca- Oh, my goodness. This is one of the best things that an organization, professional sports, a professional sports franchise could possibly say about one of their pros. You can count on Mikel Bridges. His his level of everything is going to be so consistent, you can count on him. I mean, what a beautiful thing that is. His teammates can count on him. His coaches can count on him. The front office can count on him to do the right thing. Mikel Bridges is consistent in everything he does. And that impacts his teammates. That makes a difference. All right, we come back. The college football playoff is set. Did the committee get it right? And I have one question, Wolf. We'll see if we can answer it next. I have yet to hear this one answered, so we'll, we'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Oh, oh. 
to be the caller number six. Walk on home, boys. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> you heard the man. 602. And that's not payola. <laughs> 602-260. You actually just need some Tylenol. 602-260-9870 right now. Caller number six gets a chance to win tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. There's a reason Wolf just did that. Call now. 602-260-9870. Caller number six. Get your shot at tickets to see Metallica and Pantera. That's well, a concert. That, man? We got to have Phil Anselmo on, man. I tell you. For, He's been on before. Yeah. Yeah, he'll come on, man. We'll, he will yak it up a little bit. Let's do it. Oh! Of all the concerts I have seen, and I've probably seen more than a normal amount of concerts, yeah. I have not ever seen Metallica in person. Okay, well. I might need to make this happen right, on September 1st. Yeah, you might. Hold on, let me call right in right now. Just when is it? September 1st. Just call <laughs> This is how we end our show every Friday, based on Instagram. I don't know if you know that, but it's so well done by Mal. It's a very melancholy ending. It's just what it is. But at one eighteen on a Monday, it's just kind of, hey, here we are. <laughs> just love it right there. Well done. Well played. All right. I have a question. We're going to do that uh, every day this week. So you want to be listening between 10 and 2. We're man, doing that, okay, uh, that giveaway every Sunday. My day. voice is it's not, it's not in no. shape, is it? Well, I, that, I mean, that sounded ah! fine. The question Yelling. is, how is it going to sound on Friday? It's one of the best things about playing the game of football. Playing in the blood sport is just the fact you could scream at the top of your lungs and yell stuff. And nobody cared, man. Yeah, you can't do that in golf. Nobody. They care. They just look at you like, oh, man, a wolf's fired up. Okay, next. I would assume they, they care. I've golfed like twice ever in my life. I have a question for you. Yeah, okay. All right, and I don't know if you have the answer. I have not heard anybody ask or answer this question. I'm sure it's been asked, okay? But but I genuinely just want to know the answer. Here we go. We've got the the college football playoff is set, right? Yeah, okay. Georgia's number one. Michigan's number two. TCU's number three. They'll play Michigan. Ohio State's number four. They'll play Georgia. Alabama just missed out. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Oh, darn. <laughs> Sorry, Alabama. Alabama. What would have happened if USC had actually just taken care of business and beaten Utah yeah. on Friday night? USC gets in, right? Yeah, USC gets in. Okay. I don't think there's any doubt about that. USC gets into the college football playoff right. as the number four seed. Okay. Who gets dropped out? Hmm. That's the question. They're not dropping Ohio State out with one loss. Um, they would have dropped TCU out. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think well, they would have well, dropped you know TCU. What? No, they would have. You're right. You know what? Honestly, if TCU loses, yeah, I could see that happening. So TCU would have been punished for playing in a conference championship, and Ohio State would have been rewarded for not even making it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not even my. That point. is bizarre, isn't it? Stop it's and think weird. about that. What are you going to do about that going forward? By the way. Well, now you've got you're letting twelve teams in. You're going to have twelve teams in, so nobody's going to care, which I think is what you need to do because otherwise, it's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah, and and I was listening to this argument going into the announcement of the the matchups yesterday, and it was like, well, you got to make sure you have the best possible games. Do you? 
I mean, is that really what playoffs are in sports? Like, are the best possible matchup is that? It, it's not that. It's just whoever earned their way into that game. Sometimes sure. playoff games aren't good. Exactly. But I just find it funny <laughs> that conversation. We laugh that, at that kind of messed you up, man. <laughs> I mean, you were like PO'd well, about that. Because I, the other thing is this: this conversation they have, like, oh, obviously TCU is number three. They weren't going to drop down below Ohio State. Yeah, that's cool. If USC had won, yeah, there's no way they would have taken TCU over Ohio State. Okay, so first of all, you know I am a conspiratorialist. Okay, you understand? I'm not sure right? that's a word, but yes, I'm just I, I'm telling it is a word. Is it yes, really a word? Yeah, I. I I'm like telling you, I, I, <laughs> I'm telling you right now that I am the grassy knoll when it comes to this stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, I trust God. I don't trust man. Just so you know, okay, don't do it, and will not do it. Having said that, um, the secret society that is the college football playoff committee, the selection committee, of course, secret society with a secret handshake. Um, do you really think they wanted? Ohio State in this foursome? Do you think they wanted yes. Ohio State in? Why, yes. why do you say that? I think they were gleeful when USC lost. But the thing is, USC is such a big market. Yes. I don't think USC would have bothered them. Okay. But I just think they were like, hey, we got a way to get Ohio State in. And then... But, it, but what else is there about that? Ohio State getting into the postseason. Right? It, to the playoff. It's not much for me, to be honest. Well, it's the Big Ten. <laughs> Great. The they already have a Big Ten team. got two in. Not one. They got two in here. All you haters that are out there. All you haters that always say, if the SEC always gets two teams into the college football playoff, right? They do. Now, all of a sudden, the Big Ten has got two. Not one, but two teams. Oh, and by the way, Alabama slid the shorts on. It was even though Nick Saban was out there, and what was Nick Saban doing? He was campaigning. <laughs> Suddenly, for the everybody's University friend. of Alabama. That's exactly right. Doing all the interviews, telling everybody. I, as I to think why there's some arguments for this team. During the middle of the season, we started out really strong. Bryce got hurt at Arkansas. You got to kind of look at how teams are playing at present. We finished three and zero. Played some pretty good teams. Played Ole Miss on the road when they were number nine in the country. But Bryce really missed the AM game. Uh, we overcame that, mm-hmm. won that game, and came back and couldn't really practice for the next month. So I think that affected how we sort of developed on offense. So we lost two games on the road to one top five team, one top ten team on the last play of the game. But now that he's healthier and he's able to practice, I think we're a different team. By the way, Nick, speaking of practice, I want you not to practice as hard as you think you should practice. Is that okay, Nick? Is that all right? I'm just saying, I want you to not practice your guys as hard as you think they deserve mm. or should practice. Is there a reason Is for that this? all right? Is there, no, is there I'm just sort saying. Of history to this? He knows exactly why. Nick yes. Saban knows exactly why I'm saying that right now. Okay, but once again, the fact that Alabama is not in this... I don't care who wins it. <laughs> I'm just glad they're not in it. Well, and that answer he just gave right there was actually to somebody saying, hey, Nick, how you doing? And then he just gave this <laughs> Well, here we go. Game by game, why we should be in. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's that was my observation right there. Do you have any other well, thoughts? I, I did I did wonder if they were like, okay, because, okay, well, that's, okay, US, USC lost. We don't have to take anybody from the Pac-12. Whew, okay, we can get Ohio State in there because 
to your point, Wolf, that's two teams from the Big Ten. That's really impressive since there only were three teams in the Big Ten this year. It's just <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and a bunch of 500 teams. I love the fact, though, uh, you, what you brought up before, you know, speaking of the Pac-12. Only the Pac-12. What did you say about the Pac-12? Only the Pac-12 would beat the Pac-12 yeah, it's the most to, get Pac-12 eliminated, thing ever. to get eliminated from the college football playoffs. Before the weekend even saves, okay, here we go. Big championship weekend. All right, USC, Caleb Williams going to win the Heisman. Let's get it. They're on fire. Let's okay, here we go. Notre Dame. All right, they're going to play. Oh, they going to play Utah. This is perfect. They're going to advance Riley. their loss. Yeah, okay. Uh, and they're up. They were up big at halftime. Look, he's got a baton in his hand. <laughs> He's leading a parade. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. Uh, no. Maybe it's because you just keep playing Only the same fight song for three hours every day. think about that. The Pac-12 is what killed the Pac-12. Again. In the college Again, man. You t- that's brutal. It feels, that really is. It feels like Utah has done this 10 years in a row. I know that's not the case, but it feels like every year it's like, all right, we got our we got our representative. They just got to beat Utah. Uh, okay. Utah. Or the year when it's like, hey, Utah. Utah is going to be the team. No, they're going to go lose to some other team. How is Utah? How do they do that every year? How how is this happening right now? I mean, what? Just because they have guys who are twenty six? I don't know. It's like they were sent by the Big Ten and the SEC to make sure nobody ever comes out of the Pac twelve. That game, USC was up fourteen to three in that game. It was like, all right, here we go. This is USC. They're this. I'm embellishing. Are you? A little, a little bit of embellishing, just a little bit. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, all right, it's going to be a different week for the Cardinals coming off a of bye week and going into Monday Night Football against Bill Belichick and the Patriots of all teams. So we'll get into how it's different and what exactly is on the line for some of these vets on this team. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, well, here we go. The uh, week 13 wrapping up tonight with Tampa Bay and New Orleans. You know how many times I've had to double-check what the Monday Night Football game is this week, Wolf? No. That division. The... NFC South. That was a rhetorical question. No. You give me. Thank you. <laughs> the NFC South is going to somehow get a team in, and they don't deserve to. And the NFC East, which I didn't think would be this good, could honestly get four teams in the playoffs. Like, the entire NFC East might end up in the playoffs. It's incredible. It truly is, because there's no way that was going to happen at the beginning of the season. No, no way. No, Multiple teams from the NFC East. Stop it. And now Dallas is just beating teams by 30 or more points each uh, each week, seemingly. All right, over to the Cardinals. They will take on the Patriots, but not until Monday. So it's already a slightly different week because you're not playing till Monday. And you're coming off a bye week, Wolf. So this is, as a, as a player, as a coach, and I know, I know this coaching staff is very intentional with how they handle preparations, especially coming out of the bye week. Remember last, last year it was a big deal. They were trying to copy what B.A. was doing with Tampa Bay, how they were going to handle the bye week and how they were going to come out of it. Uh, now you're coming out of it 
in a in a different spot, not just because you're playing on Monday night. It's so late in the season. Isn't this pretty late for a bye week? Yeah, no, it's, are you kidding me? It's the last buy, of course. I mean, to the week to, thirteen, to the point where you're basically, you know, you're not making the playoffs coming out of the bye week. When does that ever happen? Yeah, and, um, I would say never for the most part, and yet here they are. Um, you know, it's so interesting to me again when I look at this, and the reason being is because of the veterans and how many veterans do the Arizona Cardinals actually have that. Uh, They've got to make some type of declaration on this offseason. And I think of guys immediately. Who's the first veteran you think of? J.J. Watt. Yeah. Yeah. That is the guy that I think of right there, J.J. Watt. And, okay, um, he's done. He's done as an Arizona Cardinal after this year right here. Two seasons where he got hurt and banged up. Yet at the same time, we know how much better they have been when J.J. Watt is around. And over you the know, last week or so, he's been, or last month or so, he's been really good. Too. Yeah, right, exactly. And he's made some big plays. Um, what do you do? What do you do with J.J. Watt? What are the chances are J.J. Watt is going to be re-signed by the Arizona Cardinals? I, I don't know. I think a Calvin Beecham, your sole offensive lineman that started every game for the Arizona Cardinals. Your right tackle, Calvin Beecham. And how consistent Calvin Beecham has been. I I guarantee you right now, if he goes somewhere, if he leaves here, he's going to start for somebody else. He'll be the starting right tackle for somebody else in this league. Um... So what do you do there? You got Zach Allen, Byron Murphy. What are you extensions? Are the extensions out there? What are you going to do? I, I don't know, but I do know this right here: the fact that you're playing on Monday night, um, it's more eyeballs. And I was talking about this earlier with the veterans that are out there, Luke. It's more eyeballs. You have two types of veteran that is on this roster right now for the Cardinals. Those that want to be out of here and those that want to stay here. And yet both of them will be out balling out with this five-week window, this five-game window that you have at your disposal to go out and make your case. Whether you want to get out of here or whether you want to stay here, you got five weeks to do it and make a case and a statement to those who are watching. And this is Monday night. And there are more eyeballs. That's true. Everybody's that watch watching you on Monday. On Monday night. You said something there that got me looking. And um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more into this over the coming weeks and months. But I'm going to give you right now, Wolf, the list of offensive linemen on this team okay. that are signed past this year. Oh, boy. Okay. This ought to be good. DJ Humphreys. DJ Humphreys. All right. That's a good place to start. Your left tackle. Okay. Rodney Hudson, who might retire. Okay, that's, yeah. You had me at DJ. DJ and Rodney now, unfortunately, I, I think Rodney may be done. That's my own guess. Okay, and and there's no reason to not think that now if he comes back or that changes things. But either way, these are your offensive if linemen. If he comes back, you're wrong, Luke. Just say it. <laughs> that would be you. That okay. was wrong. We have the audio of what you just said. <laughs> so these are the five offensive There's five. There's five offensive linemen on this entire roster that are signed past this year. DJ Humphreys, Rodney Hudson, who might be retiring. Wrong. Josh Hud- uh, Josh Jones, Lasita Smith, 
Marquise Hayes. Those are your only five offensive linemen signed past this year, and one of them might retire, and one of them has never even played. Okay, okay. you know what? Honestly, right now, this is really, really interesting. Um, Lasita Smith, you may have found something. I in the hope sixth, you did. In the sixth round, Steve Keim and the Arizona Cardinals may have found something in Lasita Smith at right guard. I like him at right guard a lot. Um, Josh Jones. Josh Jones plays left tackle better than he plays right tackle. Now think about that for a minute. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I would. This is what I would do right now. I'd take DJ Humphreys, and I'd move him over to the right tackle. That's what I'd do, even Ooh. though I'm paying him as You're a left tackle. paying him left tackle money. I, why not? I'll take Josh Jones. I'll move him over to the tackle spot. He actually plays better. And it's not a big, shocking surprise that you would have this situation. Now, again, that's with the understanding that DJ Humphreys was going to play well at right tackle. Can I also say this, that I almost think it's even more important that you have an excellent right tackle as opposed to a left tackle. And the reason why I say that is blindside is blindside. You don't know what's coming. I think the better a quarterback, hey, for a quarterback, if you don't know it, that's great. Okay? Right tackle, Kyler Murray's going to see that pressure. He's going to feel that pressure. It's going to move him out a lot of the pocket. And that, to me, is the reason why I think right tackle may be even more important than your left tackle. That's funny you say that because I was, I was thinking this watching the Dolphins yesterday. So do they, I mean, I guess I know the answer. you got a left-handed quarterback in Tua. Yes. You put your emphasis on right tackle while everybody else is looking for a left tackle in the draft. You're like, yeah, we just need a right tackle. Yeah, you could. No doubt about it. Now, the other reason why you've got to be left tackle conscious, though, is because of so many great right defensive ends. So many edge guys that are great edge rushers coming off the right side. Remember, it's the defense. They look at it as the right defensive end over the left tackle, of course. Okay, so having said that, once again, Josh Jones, if he plays that better as the left tackle and does a good job. He's done a great job. He really he's, those he's two guys. Good. Offensive line for all the injuries they've had lately be hasn't me. really been the issue. Like it hasn't been amazing, but I don't think anybody looks at the last couple losses and says, oh, it's the offensive line. I think Billy Price is going to get the opportunity to stay here. I, I, it's not like they're going to say, hey, Billy, we're going to sign you this big old contract. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think the Arizona Cardinals might be willing to pay him more than what somebody else might be willing to do. We'll see. Well, but, it, it's an eye opener that they really have no offensive line set up for next year. When you mentioned even Kelvin Beecham is a UFA at the end of the season, yeah, Beecham's really their only vet that's been playing this year. There's not really any other position like that. Like you look up and down, they've got a lot of guys in the secondary. You mentioned Byron Murphy isn't signed yet past this year. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, Antonio Hamilton. So I guess corner when when all of your starting corners other than Marco Wilson aren't signed past this year. But those and it feels like those two positions are a talking point every offseason, and I hate that we're already talking offseason and it's week 14, but um, you have 
basically nobody signed past this year other than DJ Humphreys on the offensive line, and basically nobody signed at corner other than Marco Wilson past yeah, this year. I know, man. And yet, for me, once again, the young guys on the defensive side of the ball, it's so important that they continue to grow and to mesh. And that's why I'm greatly encouraged with Zayvon Collins. I'm encouraged with Isaiah Simmons because I do think he will become more consistent. I think this was an excellent learning year for Isaiah Simmons. But the one thing we can say about Isaiah Simmons, he's got a knack for making the big play. Now, I realize he got beat not once, but twice in the last game. I realize that. Yet at the same time, I'm here to tell you that I believe, it's my personal opinion, that he is a playmaker and he needs more consistency. And he'll get that as he develops. All right, we come back. Final segment of the show. Devin Booker against Luka. Suns Mavericks tonight. What does this game mean to the Suns fan base? We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I feel like we should mention this. We didn't really get to talk about it, obviously. But uh, Trey Turner leaving the Dodgers for Philly. How about that? $300 million. We'll do that for you. $300 million, did you say? What would it take to get oh, you to live in Philadelphia goodness. over by the beach? <laughs> yeah, about $300 million. That's what it would take. And uh, Trey Turner's getting that. Ain't nothing but $300 million. <laughs> Uh, how about this stat on the Suns, Wolf? We were talking about this earlier of, of how they have they've clearly made it a point, and they haven't. You know, it's not like a read between the lines sort of thing. They've been vocal about it. They don't like losing two in a row if they can help it. They were pretty good about not doing it last year. They've only done it once this year, November eleventh and fourteenth to Orlando. That weird loss to Orlando when uh, when Paolo wasn't even playing, and then the one point loss to Miami, November fourteenth. The Suns are eight and two in their last ten. And their last three losses, so obviously beyond those ten, have been by a total of three points. Yeah. So when they lose, Man. they lose by one. They're right there. <laughs> so they've been in a lot of these games. You know what I love about that too? Well, what do you think that says about the Phoenix Suns? I, I their their level of consistency, Basinonians, is something that is startling to a former professional athlete like myself. It is startling how individually they perform so well in the collective in terms of consistency, and they do it night in and night out. I marveled at it all of last year as well, but especially this year. And the reason why I say that is because they're doing it without Chris Paul. Would you say Chris Paul was a a big influencer last season? Yes, he was. Cam Johnson as well. They're doing it without some of their best players. That is truly amazing to me. It's it's something, man, because they are now 16-7 and this season, and of their seven losses, three have been by a point, two more have been by two points. So here we are, 23 games into a season where the regular season really wasn't supposed to mean that much to this team, right? And they are playing without Cam Johnson and Chris Paul, and obviously they don't have Jay Crowder, and they haven't gotten anything for him yet. And they've basically had two losses all season, where going into the last five seconds of the game, they had already lost. And that was the weird one to Orlando on November 11th, and a 12-point loss to Philadelphia on November 7th. Every other game, they've either won or lost by one or two points. You know, every time you bring up one of these silly and inane stats yeah, that got more blows too. my mind. <laughs> I couldn't be any more impressed. Are you serious? Um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. They've, Just say that again for people that need to understand that and hear that. So we're 23 games in. Yeah. They've won 16. Okay, yeah. so that leaves seven games. Okay. Three of those seven losses have been by one point. One. They lost to Houston on Friday, 122-121. They lost to Utah a week and a half ago, 134-133. They lost to Miami on November 14th, 113-112. So that leaves four games left that you didn't either win or lose by one. And two of those, they (laughs) lost by two. They lost by two to Portland when Jeremy Grant walked out into the parking lot with the ball and then shot it in. And then they lost the other one to Portland in overtime when... when Forgot about that Damien. traveling Jeremy oh, Grant. He traveled so much that the officials were like, "What do we even do?" The traveling man. <laughs> and then the other one. Remember Dame going up to DeAndre Ayton at the free throw line, and like, "Hey, have you ever been in this spot before?" <laughs> so they have out of now, twenty. Can I just say something about that? That to me is is fun competition. That to me is the fun competition. That was a lot more fun than Jeremy Grant taking the ball. Not, not winking at somebody like, hey, did you see I just totally drew that foul on you. I flopped all over the floor and you're laughing at him and you're winking at Maybe him. you shouldn't watch the game tonight. Um, okay, I'm just saying. Because you're going to see Luca, some of that. Luca has really upset me. There's ne- it's never going to be. I respect him greatly for his talent. He's an excellent player, yet at the same time, man, I play a little defense Fats Luca. It's never going to be the Wolf, uh, Wolf and Luca show. No, no. yeah, right. No, or John Wolford. Well, we have imagine. John Wolford in there too. We have Wolford yeah. and Luca. Well, Luca. that'd be a horrible show. Well, he'd be winking. <laughs> no, <laughs> the winking doesn't translate to knock the air. Knock it off, Luca. Yeah, take that. Uh, he's not going to knock it off. It's going to be two and a half hours of irritation tonight. But uh, ideally, with the Suns win at the end. Here's Monty Williams yesterday talking about playing the Mavericks in Dallas. You know, we want to enjoy this. We'll, we'll look at the film when we get on on the plane. Obviously, there's. Um, <clears throat> some emotion still I would imagine just because that's a place where we didn't play that well in the playoffs but we're, we're a bit different as a team from injuries personnel so are they I mean they they're, they just played against the guy that was really important to them in Brunson and they had a big win in New York so we'll, we'll look at the film tonight we'll prepare as we always do and um, we'll try to do our best in a, in a pretty cool environment and try to get a win before we go home what do you want to see from the Phoenix Suns tonight, Luke? A uh, win. Okay, just no, a win. No, no a, big, a big DA game. The yes. um, you know Christian Wood went off on yes. the Suns the first time they played, and the Suns still won the game. Christian Wood may not play tonight. And, and I will say this. This is my public service for Suns fans out there, okay? Because I know a lot of people you like to watch the game, and then you're kind of you're on Instagram or you're on Twitter or whatever, okay? I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I like to get on Twitter during major sporting events. So you're going to be on there, and whatever the Suns do tonight, the Suns could win by 80. You are going to to get tweets from Mavericks fans you don't know. It's going to be that picture of Luca smiling at Booker when they're standing there on the free throw line. It's yes. going to be a meme of Luca. It's going to be it's going to be the standard Dallas Mavericks fair of well, Luca owns Booker. Yeah. Just remember Luca is 3 and 10 against the Suns all time. Okay. Now, you can you can throw That doesn't really sound like owning somebody we'll take being that. 3 and 10. Now, they Luca obviously got the better of the Suns in the playoffs. So you can't you can't deny that. Okay, the playoffs. And even if you throw the playoffs in, Luca is seven and thirteen lifetime against the Suns. We're not talking about the playoffs. Might not be talking about the playoffs with Dallas if they don't start winning games. Yeah, I know. Listen, I, I want to see DeAndre Ayton go out there. Uh, Christian Wood outplayed him. Flat out outplayed him in the first game. Yes. 
Um, Christian Wood is 6'9", and, you know, once again, I don't want to make it sound like DeAndre Ayton is legitimate seven foot, but he's close enough. He's close enough to call him a seven footer. And to me right now, especially when you're the number one overall pick and you've got great length and great athleticism, I want to see DeAndre Ayton go out and play like we saw DeAndre Ayton play the four games in particular, the four games after he got gunned to the floor by Pat Beverly. Mm -hmm. I want to see that once again. I want to see him come out and be that 29 and 21 dude. That's what I want to see from him tonight. This is where the Suns have a huge advantage. It was one of the things a lot of us thought they should have tried to, to exploit a lot more in their playoff series. And they didn't. And this is something that I'd like to see them do more of. It's a good point because as much as I sit here and joke about how Dallas right now is the 10th seed in the West, and I felt this way at the start of the season, and I'm going to continue to feel this way. I think they're a play-in team, um, but nothing more. There's a decent chance you meet this team in the playoffs. And what was missing last year, other than just the general weirdness of that week, that we're all going to wonder about what happened the week of May 8th, whenever Chris Paul turned 37 to the end of that series, what happened? The the fact is, DeAndre Ayton, that's one of those matchups people look at and they say, okay, but when they play the Mavericks, he should own them. we got to convince him that Dallas is Utah, because Utah is the team he had the 29-21 and 21 against, and then prior to that, he almost had a triple-double earlier. Yeah. This season against Utah, it's you may see Dallas in the playoffs again at some point. And as we saw last year, oh, it doesn't man, really matter if you're the better team if you don't show up for all seven games. Can you imagine if that happened? I mean, I no, I'm not going to imagine that. I just how great it would be to to play Dallas again. I want. I think it. that'd be fantastic. I want, I want, I want Suns Mavs. Oh yeah, yeah, as long as they win. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Can you imagine I, I how bad it would be? See, I was not going to imagine. I don't and then think you they would. I know. I don't think they it. would lose to Dallas a second time. I don't think. That, I don't think they would allow it to happen. I, I you know what? I, I think you're right on that. Um, yet at the same time, I think we'd all agree we didn't think they were going to lose to the Mavericks true. last year. That, that is very true. But I think there's an extra layer baked in now. Unless Dallas goes out and gets some major addition before the trade deadline, Dallas is like a one man team with some other decent players. The Suns are good enough that if healthy... It felt like the Suns beat themselves, too. It felt like last year in the playoffs, it was Luka going off and the Suns beating themselves and Jalen Brunson making some big plays and Maxi Kleber. I don't want to talk about this team anymore. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I hope either. the Suns win by 180 tonight. Yeah, me too. Although last time when they were way down at halftime and came back and ripped it away at the last second, that was kind of fun. And I hope there's a picture of D. Book smiling <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at Doncic. That, that would okay. be nice. If Devin Booker could get a photo op where he's laughing at Luca, just so Suns sure. fans have something to post exactly back on Twitter. Right. Let's go. All right. Somebody's got to take a picture. So in addition to dropping 47 tonight, Book, we need you to also get a good photo op mixed in there. Okay, this was fun, though. All right. Well, maybe we'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney for producing the show. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gibbo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.